Like the frost on a rose, winter comes for us all. Oh, how nature acquaints us with the nature of patience, like a seed in the snow. everybody. It's good to see you. Would you stand with us, please? We are here to worship the Lord this morning, and we're glad you're here joining with us. Raise your voices to the Lord.
Bible says that we should shout from the tops, rooftops, that God is the mountaintops, that God is worthy of all of our praise. That he is the King of kings and he is the Lord of lords. As we hear Skylar today start out this song, would you join her please in singing Hark the Herald.
Good morning. Glad you're here with us. Glad you're joining us online as well. If we have any guests in the house, welcome. Please stop by the Welcome Center on your way out. And just, we'd love to connect with you and give you something by saying thanks for being our guest today. If you're online, let us know that you're a guest and we'll be able to connect with you online. And it's a good day to be here at Crossroads. Amen. Yeah, we love our church family, and more importantly, we love our mission. Our mission is to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That is what unites us, is Christ. He's the glue. He's the mission. He's the banner. He's the glue. And so I just want to share with you that this coming Christmas Eve, there are three opportunities to be here on Christmas Eve, two, four, and six. And so please uh, plan to, to join us on one of those. Um, those are all identical candlelight services, and we're looking forward to just celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior. And in your bulletin, there is uh, an, a, a little handout, and this is an opportunity for you to invite someone to sit with you, to be with you, to join you. Um, and just uh, using uh, using this little tool could be the start of somebody's journey in following Christ, is being here, hearing about Jesus, this baby that was sent to earth, you know, and I just think about the the verses we were talking about in student ministry on Wednesdays, we were talking about Mark 10, 45, for the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve. And some people for Christmas Eve, that might be the first time they hear that. So use this as an opportunity to invite someone to join you on Christmas Eve, and we're looking forward to what God is going to do. Um, I also want to point you to the other handout, a uh, little, little um, insert in your bulletin. It says Christmas Eve opportunities to serve. And so I want to encourage you and challenge us as a church uh, to consider how we can be a part of Christmas Eve, you know, whether it's one service or all three or two or the first and the last. Uh, but there's several opportunities from nursery helping uh, hold babies, helping, you know, reach these young families. Uh, there's a nursery opportunities as well as being in the parking lot. And then also uh, greeters, being in the lobby, welcoming people, just being a friendly face, answering questions like, where's the restroom? It's always a great question to answer. Uh, also, um, seaters. And so sometimes when the service gets started, there's a few seats left and people come in right after things start. And it's a great way to connect with them and just help them calm down and just find a seat. And so those are seaters. So we need to, we need people to jump on this and be a part of these teams on Christmas Eve. So as you find that um, on here, you can fill this out and then you can place it in the offering box as you walk out in the lobby or in uh, the auditorium. So Guys, there's a great opportunity to serve. Be, join, be in a service, serve at a service. It's a great opportunity to just 
share the love of Christ this Christmas Eve. I also want to point us to, listen, the birthday gift of Jesus has been something that is, has been a part of our church for years. And I want to show you what has come in already. So 37,000 has, has come in. Yeah, let's clap. It's good. I also want to encourage you, church, that not only is the birthday gift of Jesus a mission for something we talk about here in the service, but I want to tell you that the kids' ministry, as well as the student ministry, all are raising money, bringing money in for the birthday gift of Jesus. So it's something that we're teaching kids, we're teaching students, and we're teaching our church to give. And so this is very, very, very exciting. So 37,000 has come in, and praise be to God. It's so awesome to watch this come in. Uh, I want to I wanna share with you about um, a couple uh, missionaries, uh, uh, Jan and Anna Franca. They are missionaries to Serbia. And I uh, just want to show you where uh, they are located over there and on this map. But I want to tell you that what they're doing is incredible um, through radio, through printed materials, these people are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to these people and doing an amazing work here. Um, I want to show you a quick video update, and then Pastor Ken's going to come up. Hello, dear family in Christ at Crossroads Ministries. As you see, we are doing well, each day learning more of the street literature evangelism. The season was shorter because of the long legal process of registering the street literature evangelism under the name of Logos Bible Society, which is official mission to promote and provide Bibles, motivate people to read Bible and assist them in understanding Bible. We want to tell you how very pleased we are with RB from August until mid of October we traveled through Serbia and RV served its purpose very well. It is just what we needed, enough large and suitable to live in it, to store clothing and food, to cook meals. It has also a spacious trunk to store many heavy boxes with literature, tables, chairs and all necessary things. There are a few minor details that need to be fixed, like back camera and clear water leakage, but garaging it over winter is now our biggest concern. On our trips, we found people of South Serbia very friendly, openly sharing from their lives, open for hearing the gospel, eager to read Bible and evangelistic literature. We have shared some of our ex much. We were encouraged and well accepted by people. We have some ideas and we'll work on it to improve our simple stand and make it more attractive for the next season. In the meanwhile, we have dived into the winter part of the ministry and that is uh, writing, recording and editing radio messages for Logos Christian Radio in Slovakia, writing, graphic designing and printing evangelistic booklets in Serbian language for the next season of street literature evangelism that will begin in spring. Also working on the ministry website to post materials and give a platform for communication between us and people from streets of Serbia. I'm also preaching and teaching at churches all over Serbia. By some churches I was invited, 
and to some I have offered my help in preaching by Sundays and teaching by weekdays evenings. Thank you very much for praying for us and the ministry. We are thankful for your partnership with us and want to wish you Merry Christmas and blessings from the Lord. Merry Christmas. Isn't that awesome? I thank God for our... Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just beautiful to hear them as they are going out to bring people to Christ. They were a pastor. He was a pastor up in Toronto, Canada. And he felt the, the Lord tugging him to go back because they have Serbian and Slovakian roots. So they went back to Serbia and uh, they've taken that RV. They go out all in the... As, as long as the weather permits throughout the summer and the spring type of months, they go out and they just, they'll go two, three hours from their home where they've set up and they will go out and you see that little table and they're telling people about Jesus. It's just incredible. And then uh, in the off season, because they can't do that, like number one, who wants to live in an RV for six months of the year, right? And then number two, to get up and, and sit there and they're so diligent, they're brilliant people and God's using them in a powerful way. As I was looking at the list here today, uh, you know, they're putting their radio program out and it's bringing people to Christ. And it's, it's in places where there's, there's not a, there, Serbia doesn't have churches. Did you see he said he was speaking in a church and you saw it was like there was 12 people and a little, little hole in the wall. The little pockets of people. And so God is bringing people all around the world to himself. And we get to be a part of this. This is so incredible. So as we give the birthday gift to Jesus, as you pray and ask the Lord, I want to ask you to begin to pray and just, Lord, what would you have me give? Lord, supply. And, you know, when you ask God to supply and say, Lord, this, I will give this if you give it to me. Um, there's a, there's a, a principle here. God wants to bless through you. And you know, many times we ask God to bless us. Well, God wants to bless through you. He gives to you so he can give through you. And so as we do this, what an incredible blessing that God uh, will do in our life. Talk about the radio. As you look on there, we have our own radio broadcast. We're, we're on Word FM, and there's a little bit in there to help supplement that. Um, but I'll tell you, I had a real interesting experience the other day with our own radio pro- broadcast. The other day, I ran into a policeman. Um, imagine that. I ran into a policeman, right? So well, it wasn't through a car window or with my hands behind my back. I'll just let you know that. But I ran into a guy who was a policeman. I said, I'm Pastor Ken. He goes, are you Pastor Ken from Finleyville? I said, yes. He said, well, I listen to you on the radio every Sunday at 930. And um, and I was like, I have your church on, and I listen. And even though Pastor John, I we we still use a lot of Pastor John's teaching. He sends them from Dallas, Texas. He sends them here to us. As if you don't know, Pastor John was pastor here for 47 years. So I do a little introduction, and then I play Pastor John's uh, recording, and then then I do the wrap up at the end. And next week it'll be one of our sermons here. So sometimes it'll be some of the ones that I do. And uh, but these the, the, these are things that are happening, and people are coming to Christ that we don't even know about. Uh, I want to welcome our online group this morning. I, I was just online. I said hello. Uh, someone online said, "Hey, this is my first time here." So I, I want to thank you for uh, for that. And I just replied, "Hey, thanks for being here online with us this morning." So there's always God is doing something big. So um, I want to encourage you: be a part of the big mission of God. This is gigantic what God's called us to do. And so as you pray, ask the Lord to supply, and we'll watch this happen together, and we'll give more to Jesus than anybody else, and your Christmas will be vastly different because you put Jesus at the top. Amen? 
I want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving. God's been so good. You'll see out in the foyer, Alicia Peterson has a table set up with the 2022 giving envelopes. If you use the giving envelope, she has one for you out there. If you would like them, you don't have giving envelopes, but you would like one, uh, you can stop by and she will um, give you a book of envelopes. She'll help make that happen for you, all right? God bless, and I want to say thank you for your faithfulness, and uh, let's just see what God's going to do this Christmas. Amen? Let's go to the Lord. Father God, I just thank you for your, your wonderful, gracious hand, Lord. God, I thank you for people like Jan and Anna Franca. As they go out and they are bringing people to Christ, Lord, they are living in an RV for half the year. Monday through Friday, they get up and they leave. They go to another town. They stay there. They'll set up and hand out Bibles. God, in our country, we, we take it so for granted. But even in our country, Lord, many people have not read the Bible. They haven't heard the goodness of God. Lord, give us the same passion that our missionaries have around the globe. Thank you for what you're doing in Serbia. We thank you for the people that are coming to you. We thank you for the small churches that are being planted groups of 15, 20, 30 people meeting in little pockets of areas wherever you have gathered your remnants, Lord. God, I pray that you'll do incredible things as, as we seek to honor you with this goal. Lord, I pray that as, uh, as we grow in Christ, that you'll continue to do what only you can do. Lord, we thank you for each gift and each giver, and I pray you'll put your hand of blessing on each gift and each giver. Lord, be with us now as we continue to worship the, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with us one more time, please? As Skylar leads us here. Sing the song to the Lord as a prayer and a praise to Him.
home for Christmas, there's a whole lot in that phrase, isn't there? You think of all that home means to you. For some people, there's a lot of good memories, and for others right now, it's some trying times, isn't it? There's a lot of tough times that are happening in people's lives, and, and uh, just some, some changes that have happened, uh, loss. There's a, there's a lot of things when you hear home for Christmas. But today, as, uh, as you start to think about Christmas, I want to just kind of see what's happening in our congregation. What's your favorite part about Christmas, right? What's your favorite part about Christmas? How many would say the decorations are your favorite part of Christmas? Raise your hand. Anybody out there with their hands up for decorations? All right, just Dave Peterson in the back. Our sound booth, give them a hand. They're all about the decorations, yeah. That's, their fa- that's not your favorite part. Now, maybe before you had to put them up. Okay, that's it. So, uh, I, don't you think the church looks just awesome? Let's thank God for that. This place is looking phenomenal. I had uh, one of our ladies here last night said the church has never looked this good. And so I was like, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's absolutely beautiful, man. You come in, I feel like I'm at, uh, yeah, at Christmas time out there. It looks cool, you know, and all this here. I, I put up, um, you know, we're trying to put up lights at our house. We're just so busy. And so, um, you know, it was 68 degrees on Friday. So I said I better put up some lights. And so I, uh, I, I started, my wife, she went away. So it was, she went to go see that that play up in Sight and Sound Theater with my daughter. So I was like, this is my chance. I can finally put up the lights without her telling me what to do with them, you know. And um, so I, uh, I got out there, and I put up Frosty, and I pounded him down with the, sti- with the stakes. You know, I got this Frosty the Snowman. And, um, and I, I was up here yesterday. I left yesterday morning, came up, had a wedding rehearsal. I was like, man, you know, I didn't get too much done, but at least I got frosty up and he was lit up. I had light up night on Friday night by myself. It was so cool. Flipped the switch and frosty turned on. And then I came home and that wind moved in. And listen, frosty was laying down. You know, what happened to Frosty? He died. It just like he just won over. It was like it was crazy. So she came home and I had to explain to her that that's a new trend in decorating these days is to put Frosty laying down. Um, so decorations. How about gifts? How many like giving gifts or buying gifts or receiving gifts? Anything with gifts? You like the gifts. All right. Good. All you shoppers out there. Yeah. I see, see a few husbands putting their wife's hand up on that. Right. OK. Yeah. They like to shop, 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 shop till you drop. Right. Um, how about, uh, have, you, have you noticed that the Amazon delivery trucks are wrecking into each other these days? Like, I just, I, if you want to have fun, just sit on your porch and watch the Amazon trucks come by and the UPS trucks and the FedEx trucks. And it's like, man, they're like swerving around each other. It's, it's incredible what's happening right now uh, for all the shopping, right? How about food? How many of you, your favorite part of Christmas is the food? All right, yeah, a few of you being honest. The rest of you just eating it, right? So um, it, it, there, there's, there's so much fun that comes up with Christmas. And as you look at all, all the things about Christmas, there's a lot of festivity and a lot of things that you um, enjoy and that you have a tradition that you go through. For me, as I, as I look at this, I know that I didn't ask you what's the most important part. Ask you what's your favorite part. What are the fun? Uh, the most important part's a dead giveaway. It's Christ, right? So we know that Christmas is all about Christ. As a matter of fact, it's all summed up in the word Christmas. The most important part about Christmas is Christ. Christ Mass. So this is all about Jesus, all about the birth of a, of a Savior. And as you look at the birth of the Savior, you look at who Jesus is and what he came to do for you, it, 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 it calls us to worship him. 
And but you know what happens quite often as we go through the season, it's so easy to get all into everything that's going on and forget about worshiping. Um, I, I think about what happens this time of year. You, uh, if you send out cards, I know kind of cards be kind of slowly was fading out. I'm seeing them coming back. I think the pandemic helped people know that cards are important. Uh, to actually send not an email out this year, but to send a card. Uh, we're getting a lot of cards already. I've gotten several of your family pictures. They're in our house. Merry Christmas from your family. And, and so what happens is in the last month of the year, you're having to sit down and write a note to everybody that you know and don't know. And you're putting out all these notes, and it's like, man, the word's getting out. It's Merry Christmas from your family. And then, uh, then you're going out, and, uh, and you have to redecorate your house completely. Isn't that fun? You take your house, and it's the same all year round, but a week before Thanksgiving, you start to redecorate this house, and you finally get it done by the 24th of December, and then you tear it down on, on January the 10th, right? So it's like some of you tear it down on January 26th. I'm sorry. That, that's, I at least leave it up till January the 1st, right? So, but it's like, you, you go through this and you cram all this in, and then, then you go out and you search for the perfect gift. Some of you are on Amazon, you're, you're using your thumb all day to buy, buy your gifts. Others of you are, are, are decking the malls, you're looking through places, you're trying to find the perfect gift. And then you're going out and you're baking. Some of you come home and you love to bake, and, and some of you don't love to bake, but you're trying to bake anyhow. You go on the Food Channel and you find some recipe, you know. You, you go on the internet, you say, man, we're going we're gonna to make this. And you're like, I've never made it before. Then you make it and you're really mad because it didn't turn out like it did on the Food Channel, you know. And it's like you're upset with yourself and, and you go through all that. And then on top of it, they give your kids two weeks off of school. And so you've got to try and figure out this whole way of life is going to end. You're, so you're going to end the whole year into this one month. But I want you to catch this. Busyness can stop us from worship. It's easy, and not just in the month of December, but in every month, to be so busy that we have no time to worship. Like, you can be filling your schedule with so many things. And we live in a world, we shut down the world, and I think even when we shut down the world, we didn't worship. Because we want to worry. And we were, we were watching media constantly that was feeding us information. And so we were on information overload. And as we went into this information overload, we went into worry overload. And many people chose not to worship. They chose to worry. And so the it, worry is one of our deficiency. Uh, worry is one of the things that happen when we don't worship. Worship is a deficiency because many times God's called us. He says, I want you to worship me. And we end up worshiping other things. We end up forgetting who he is. We end up not spending time. And I'm not just talking about coming to church. I'm talking about worship in your daily life. Because worship is not a Sunday thing. It's a Monday, Tuesday. You find out, what, you know, what is worship? I think the second thing is we don't worship because we're so busy. Number two, we worship because we don't really worship during the music time. But we're worshiping right now during the word time. And worship is not something that's only confined to Sunday morning. It's, it's something that goes into your daily life. So tomorrow morning when you get up, uh, young people, when you're in school, worship God in the, in the middle of your day in school. In the middle of your job, go worship the Lord in the middle of your job. And, and so how do we do that? Um, I want to show you just a few things as we look at the Christmas story here. And we understand that worship is this. Worship is worth-ship. That's what the, the actual word means, worth-ship. So you're looking and you're saying, man, I'm giving my absolute, Jesus, you are absolutely worthy. So all my worth goes to you. I'm giving you, I believe your absolute worth. And so as you look at that and you worship him. 
And so what is easy for us to do, we can, we can worship anything. You can put in and you can worship, uh, worship family. And listen, I love family, and probably that was, that's probably the, the one that I would choose if you weren't worshiping God to worship family. I love the memories that we've made together. I love the traditions that we do. I love family time. But I'll tell you what, nothing can replace worshiping God. Because what happens, and we're going to see this in just a little bit, you can go to worship, and if you're worshiping the wrong thing, you're going to be left empty. Uh, it's a missing ingredient in our lives. So we're going to look here, and we're going to look like how do we get from where we're at in our busy life and where we're at in our life where we maybe don't understand how to worship. And I'm going to show you six principles of worship here from Matthew chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, and, and we're going to begin to read it. It'll be on the screen as well. You can follow along. But this is the story of the wise men. And so you've heard of the wise men, uh, the magi. We three kings, this is the story, all right? Here it is, Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. So here's what happened. The, The Magi came from the far east. It was probably around Persia is what most scholars believe that they came from. And so they had to make their journey. And it says here, after Jesus was born... So your, your manger scene that looks so nice whenever you got the, ma- the shepherds and the kings together, that probably didn't happen like that. You know, it looks roots came immediately. They were close by. But it took these guys a number of, a number of weeks, and it could have been up to two years later, the scriptures, to, uh, that, that many scholars believe, according to what they see in the scriptures. It could have been as long as two years. So we don't know. All we know is that, that, that it was after Jesus was born. We know that uh, if you were taking a camel, I want you to consider it's an 800-mile journey from where they were at. And uh, if you were taking a camel ride, 800 miles, um, somebody after the service last night informed me that a camel can go up to 25 miles a day. I never knew that. Neither did you. I'm happy that you know that now, okay? So um, you, could, uh, you, you could get there, it would be like 32 days at minimum that it would take. But maybe they took horses. We don't, we don't know much about how they, they came. Uh, we know that, uh, that they followed the stars. We're going to see here in just a minute. So after Jesus was born, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and they asked, they said, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard about this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. So King Herod, he was resistant because this would be, if this is the king of the Jews, he had heard about this. And if this was the king of the Jews being born on his clock, that means he is not the king of the Jews anymore. Herod was the king. And so he, said, he, was, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem, because what is this that's happening? When he called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the, where the Christ was to be born. So he, he gets the religious leaders together. And he says, now tell me, where is Christ going to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they told him, verse 5. For it is written what the prophet has written. And so these religious leaders quote him the Old Testament. But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them that exact time that the star had appeared. And he said to them, he said to them, uh, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me 
so that I too may go and worship him. Herod had no intention of worshiping this child. As you know, he was resistant to him and he wanted to get rid of him. As you further read, he ends up killing all the little babies, two baby boys, two years and under. Why? Because he was threatened by the king, the king of the Jews, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. It would threaten his kingship. Verse 9, after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw, saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And so as I look at that passage this morning, I see six aspects of worship that I think can help us in our life. Number one is this, to start with a sincere desire. You see, if I'm going to worship Christ, it's going to start with a desire. Uh, First thing is that, uh, that we have a desire. And I want you to think about the Magi, their desire. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Uh, so they, they come along this incredible journey. And whether that journey was 30 days on a horse, whether it was three months on a camel, it was a journey. And when they came out, I want you to consider them following a star. I, I mean, what is it to follow a star? How do you follow a star? These were obviously astronomers. They understood that that star is not in its place, and they could tell the movement of the star. But how fast can a star move? Like, oh, zoop, all right, you've got to go five days' journey in one day. Uh, God leads them by the star, and you say, well, how did that happen? And I tell you, I honestly can't answer that. I don't know the how. I can tell you what happened. This is not a story. This is history. This actually happened. We have historical record of of what happened. So the star brings them over to Jerusalem. They get to Jerusalem and they they ask. They keep asking questions and they start with the desire. And and I want to encourage you uh, to start with the desire. Uh, These were political guys. These were the guys who were the king makers, if you will. They were smart guys. They 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 understood science. They were the most knowledgeable of science, agriculture, Math and religion. They studied all the religions, not just, not just the Old Testament. Uh, these people were non-Jewish people. They came in, and as they were so knowledgeable, they had seen, wow, look, we've read about this. We understood that this would happen, and we can't believe it's happening in our lifetime. There's things that are happening in our lifetime right now. As you read the Bible prophecies about Jesus' return, as you look and you say, I can't believe this is happening. We're getting closer and closer and closer. That's what was happening with the Magi. The Magi were saying, we can't believe this is happening. It's getting closer and closer. And then they hear reports of a child that's born. They see the star. The star was from, uh, and, and we looked at this a few years back about the prophecy of the star and how the day began to follow the star. So they follow the star and they come in. But I'll tell you what, that has to have a desire, doesn't it? To, to travel, that kind of travel, and to wait and to not know exactly where you're going, but you get there, you follow, there's a desire. I, I think many times we, we just, we don't have a desire. 
We, we begin to fill our life with other things. And, and so here are these guys. They, they had a desire. I, I want you to think about desire. Desire is so important. I'm going to throw this picture up. This is a picture of, of a Christmas dinner. Okay? I just Google searched Christmas dinner and that come up, right? So, um, you know, when you, when you look at that, some of you are smiling already. It's amazing. There's a desire button that goes off in your head. You, you begin to think about your Christmas Christmas dinner, and what, what does your grandma make that's always at that Christmas dinner? Why? Because there's a sense of longing. You, you want to enjoy the fellowship. You want to enjoy the festivity. Maybe some of you, your Christmas dinner looks like this one, right? Look at the next picture. Um, there's a nice slab of meat there, you know? Got to get a little bit more of the meat eater on that one, right? So uh, a little bit heavier on the meat side of things. Maybe it's like this one. This one has asparagus in it. I didn't know that was a Christmas dinner. Um, but listen, whatever it is, you have a longing inside your, it, it hits a longing, it hits a desire button. And that's like real low on the desire button, right? But when it comes to worship, I want to encourage you to start with the desire. Begin to find out who he is and, and, and search for him. Like that's what these guys did. They searched for him. One of the mistakes that we make, folks, is this, that we take our, our, our spiritual hunger, all right? We have a spiritual hunger inside of us, and we try to fill it with something physical. You say, well, how do I know if I'm spiritually hungry? Well, here's a spiritual hunger. Um, it's whenever you feel in, empty inside. You can feel empty inside about your job, your career. You may feel empty inside about your family, relationships. You may feel empty inside about a number of things. What happens is those are spiritual Hunger starting, spiritual hunger. And so what we do is we come along with our spiritual hunger, and here's what many people do. Some people, they feel empty inside, so they'll go out and they'll just start shopping. Have anybody ever said that? I just had a bad day. I needed to go shopping. I never said that because that doesn't help me too much, you know? Like some people are like, I just had a bad day. I need to go shopping. Others of you just pick up the phone. Oh, I just need to buy a couple things online, right? And uh, uh, and, and so we begin to... We begin to fill that empty need. One of our guys in the men's Bible study, they were talking, somebody had their credit cards, uh, they got hacked or something, and one guy, he jokingly said, he said, wow, that happened to us, and we found out that we spend less that way. So, so for him, it was like, all right, we're, we're, we, you know, we don't want to shop anymore, all right? Uh, listen, it's easy to go and fill a spiritual need with something that is physical, the problem is it doesn't fill the need. It's very temporary, and then the next day it's gone. We can fill that empty need with eating. We can go to these dinners. We can go and just have food, and maybe this food will make us feel better. This food will make us, uh, you know, we live in the comfort food world, right? Uh, we can do this by binge watching on movies, all right? Binge, binge movie watching, right? So, uh, you know, right now it's Hallmark movie season. Have you noticed that? Hallmark movie season. My wife loves Hallmark movies, and, and I'm happy for her. I just, I just applaud her. I'm like, good night. Enjoy your movies, right? Now, she's not filling her spiritual need with a Hallmark movie, but listen, uh, I don't know what, what needs Hallmark movies. I don't know. Listen, you can go and you can say, I have this emptiness, and then fill it with anything. This is where addictions come from. Uh, some people will go and they have an emptiness and they don't know what the emptiness is. And so they'll start with maybe some alcohol or a drug. 
And, and so then they'll try and feel that need. And so what happens is you, you have this emptiness inside, and you're trying to fill the emptiness with something that can't fill it. And so what ends up happening is that you're worshiping something else. Maybe it's family time. I want to, fi- I want to fill that emptiness with family time. And then what happens is, let me share with you what happens over time, is that that magic moment changes. When those kids were 7 and 8 and 10 years old, and now they're 25 and 35 years old, it changes, and your whole life is different. And so you try to fill that empty need. In the meantime, the need is Christ. And, and we, we fill this hunger, but we're trying to fill it with something else. That's why Jesus, when he came, said, I am the living water. He who, who drinks from me will never thirst again. He's the living water. And the Old Testament says, taste and see that the Lord is good. I love that. That's an action. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Um, these wise men, their desire, where did their desire came from? They saw it in the Word of God. They, they didn't even totally understand who the Messiah was, but they saw that he was coming. And so they come along, and then they find him, and then they end up worshiping him. So for us, today, we have the Word of God as well. Dig into the Word of God. Find out who's in there. Find out what they had that you don't have. And, and see how that their need got met by worshiping God. And then you come back and you do the same. You learn, learn from the Word of God. Uh, sometimes you see this in other people. Uh, this happened in our church a, a few years back. A fellow came into the church. He had an emptiness in his life. He was meeting his emptiness with a, an addiction. And he was working on this addiction for years. I mean, years on end, he was working on this addiction. And he, was, he came into the church, and his friend invited him, and he said, I didn't even know what I was looking for. All I know is that my friend brought me to church. I came into church, and I said, there's something different about those people in that church. And he came in, and he has been here ever since. He has become a devout follower of Jesus Christ, and his addictions have dissipated. He's become a new man in Christ. Can we thank God for that this morning? That's the power of worship. And so, so as he did that, he came in and he worshiped the Lord. And so worship, you grow in worship. You grow in Christ as you worship. The second aspect of worship is this, to develop a sense of expectancy. Hope and expectancy. Develop this, that whenever you come to worship, you're actually meeting with God. When you come in here, are you coming to actually meet with God? Like, did you get up this morning, as you were taking a shower, did you think, I am going to meet with God today? I want to talk to Jesus. That's why I'm coming. I know what happens. You're thinking about, i got to get the kids ready. <laughs> There's no gas in the car. <laughs> You know, and, and I got pulled over on a speeding ticket because I was running late. And that's what's, what's, what's thinking on in your mind as you're coming to church, right? But maybe we could take it like this. I'm expecting to see Jesus here. When you pray and you get up and you set, up, set the alarm clock and you say, I'm going to get up and I'm going to pray. As you meet with God, do you, are you looking to meet with him or do you feel like you're just kind of going through emotion? And I think it has to change. The change comes in our heart. I've got to go and hope and expect him to be there because he is there. That's what happened to the wise men. They came and they found him at the place where the star led them. God has led you in here this morning. I don't know how you ended up at our church, but God brought you here. You think it was your friend who invited you. It was God who brought you here. 
And I want to encourage you. It's pretty amazing uh, as you see how people respond to Christ. They come expecting him. Uh, I heard the story and I heard the, uh, about Disney, you know, Disneyland down in Orlando. You go down there and you take your family and it's like fun. And what happens is everybody takes their kids. You go into Magic Kingdom and you want to see who. Who do you want to see when you go to Disneyland? Who? Mickey. Mickey Mouse, right? And so I didn't know this. I'm, I'm like learning this. That I, my wife and I, I read this and we, we actually got to stop in there. But we never took our kids when they were little. Uh, we were down for a conference a few years ago. And I, I heard this about Mickey Mouse in in, in uh in Disney, that there's only one Mickey. Like, if I was running Disney, I'd put a Mickey on every corner, wouldn't you? There's only one Mickey because they want it to be authentic. They want whenever you go in that you only see one Mickey. So, Because I guess kids are pretty smart at this. They can say, hey, I just saw Mickey and he's over there, or the two would be meeting each other, whatever. But they only have one person dressed up as Mickey the whole day. And so what would happen is people would get all fired up. They would take their kids on vacation. They would go down there, and they would never see Mickey because there's only one Mickey. And then he would get lost in the park. And so what they decided to do through the years, and I'm sure those of you that like Disney and go there often, they, they came up and they said, I think they have, a, they have a parade. And if you want to see Mickey, you stop and you see Mickey. And you know I don't know, is it 4 o'clock there's a parade and there's another one at 8 o'clock? I don't know, whatever the times are. But you stop and you know that Mickey's coming down the street. And so my wife and I, we went in there. I said, hey, honey, I heard about this. There's going to be a parade. She's like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, yeah. And I tell her this whole story. And she's like, who reads about Mickey? You know? So I'm telling her this story. And then Mickey comes by. I'm like, oh, my goodness. He's just a little mouse. He's, I'm expecting like a six-foot Mickey. You know, I'm like, there's nothing to him. And she goes, honey, he's a mouse, right? But that's what you went to Disney for. You were looking to see Mickey 4 o'clock. You knew you could see Mickey. And I want to tell you this. When you come into our church, it's all about Jesus. We do a lot of stuff here. We have a lot of fun. There's Christmas lights. We got it going on. Uh, I was here Friday night. We had a wedding. I had a wedding rehearsal, wedding yesterday. But do you know what was going on Friday night up here? There was all kind of people in the gym. I come out. I, I, I was done with the wedding rehearsal. I was like, Where, who are all these people here? I'm just thinking it's Friday night. Go home and sleep, right? They were having something in the gym. There's all there's like 50 kids in the gym, like for a, a school event from one of our local schools. Some more people said, hey, we're going to host an event over there. So they were in the gym. And the mops ladies were doing something downstairs. There's people all over the place. I'm like, holy cow, this church doesn't sleep. But I want you to know something. When we come in and we say 9.30 Sunday, 11 o'clock Sunday, 6 o'clock Saturday, Wednesday night, when you come in, you're going to see Jesus here. And when you come in here, you will always see and always hear Jesus. That's what, come expecting that. So I want to encourage you to come expecting that. And when you meet with God in prayer, come expecting to talk with him. God works when people are expectant. You see, he couldn't work in Herod's life. He was resistant. So if you are resisting God, man, you're stifling God. If you're not worshiping, you're missing this. He doesn't want you to resist him. He wants you to expect him that he will be there. Uh, next is, is to exp- uh, choose to express joy. Choose to express joy. 
Um, this is what they, they, they did. That when they saw the star, Matthew 2.10, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. They were overjoyed when they saw the star. So I want to encourage you. Do you realize that when it comes to joy, you have to choose it? Joy isn't something that you'll just naturally be, hey, I went to church, I'm happy today. You've got to look at Jesus to get that joy. And, and if you go through this Christmas season and you don't have any joy, you know, we're singing the songs, joy, 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 praise, right? It's all about joy. You know what? Maybe you're not looking at Jesus. Maybe you're looking at a fun family time, and that fun family time will let you down. And, uh, and, and listen, you have to choose joy. The, the Greek word there is actually literally great joy, exceeding joy, overflowing with joy. So imagine this moment. These wise men, the magi, came. They've traveled a couple weeks travel at minimum on animal, horse or a camel. They make their way in. They've traveled through the night. They get there. They see the star. They are overwhelmed. They're overjoyed. And whenever they come, the Scripture tells us that they worship Him. That brings me to the next thought. Decide to humble yourself. Not only do we choose to be joyful. Listen, there's times that, uh, that you have to choose to be joyful. I want, by the way, on joy, I want to encourage you to do this. When it comes to joy... Express it with your personality. You know, God gave you a personality. Aren't you thankful for your personality? Other people may not be thankful for your personality, but you're thankful for yours, right? And listen, God gave me a personality. He gave you yours. How do I express joy? Let me tell you. We're down here singing. Some days, man, I look like I'm in pain because I've got to think about what I'm going to speak for the next hour and a half, right? So it's like I'm in pain down there. Um, and then other days I'm like, I'm having fun. So this morning I'm down there and I'm singing and I'm like playing the drums off my legs. And if you saw the look my wife gave in the middle of the second song, that was for me because she's like, you're louder than what's, what's piping in the whole church. I can overpower that. Right. I was expressing joy and, uh, it wasn't too joyful to her. Okay. That last song that we sang, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. To me, that's a touchdown song. And sometimes you'll see me down front, I'll take my hands and I go up like this. My hands aren't facing out, it's like this. Why? It's a touchdown. So if you see me during this during worship, I'm saying, touchdown! I am so filled with joy. Now, I'm an odd person, I get it. I express things oddly. But maybe God's given you a gift to express joy too. And your joy is expressed differently. Maybe for you, this is how you express joy. And if that's how you express joy, walk around like this all the time. Just, just, just keep that chin up there, right? And, and listen, express the joy because it's the joy of the Lord. Express it. You have to choose it. Man, I'll tell you what, on my way out of here today, I am going to express joy. I've been expressing joy during the worship today. And listen, like I said, some songs it looks like I'm in pain because I'm thinking about this. But I'm expressing joy even with that pain. And so I want to encourage you, whether you're going through a moment of pain or not, joy is a choice. And the Scripture never tells us to choose joy because it's fun. Paul wrote letters. Go home and read the book of Philippians. He wrote letters from jail. He said, I count this joy. I'm praying for your joy. 
my joy is overflowing. So it's not about things being good. It's about God being good. So this morning, decide to humble yourself. Uh, Matthew 2.11, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They come to the house they were expecting, and they said, okay, this person is greater than we are. This was the king makers. The king makers get down, and they bow down to a baby. Imagine this moment in history. King of kings, God became flesh and made his dwelling among them. And so he's, they're kneeling down. How about for us? We need to humble ourselves. You know what I do when times are bad? I typically worry, don't you? Whenever there's crisis in our life, we typically want to control and change it. And I humble myself before God Almighty, and I pray, Lord, you are greater than I am. And when you pray that and you worship him like that, he changes you. So humility is trusting God and his love enough to say yes, even when you don't understand it all. You're saying yes to God. And right now, folks, I'm again, I've told you, I'm walking the journey with many people in our church They're saying yes to God. They don't understand it at all. And the pain is overwhelming, but they are in faith, humbling before God Almighty, and they're saying, I trust you, God. God, you are bigger than I am. You know, when the wise men came, they came expecting the Lord to be there, but they also came with gifts. They expected him to be there, and they said, we're going to give him something. So the scripture says there, um, they opened their, their uh, treasures and they presented them with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And as you go through and you look at the, the gifts that they gave them, man, they're, they're powerful gifts. They gave them gold. Why did they give them gold? Because that's what you give a king. You give him your best. And so as you look at the gifts that they gave, I want to encourage you. Give God the gold of your life. Give him your best. Not just financially. Yes, financially, give him your best. We encourage you at Christmas, make Jesus number one. Why? We see it right here with, with, with these guys. They came. It wasn't something that they just felt inside. It was something that cost them sacrifice. There was a travel. There was a whole lot there. And then they gave their gift. So as you give your gift to God, give him the gold. Uh, as you serve the Lord, young people in our church, I want to encourage all the young people, um, serve the Lord with gladness. I love seeing young guys up here. In just a few moments, you're going to see Xavier come back out. I pick on Xavier all the time because he's up here all the time, right? But listen, Xavier is giving God, he's giving God gold. Because let me tell you something, you're only going to be 15, 16, 17 one time. Thanks be to God for that. But you're only going to get to do that one time. And I'll tell you what, you've got more energy when you're 16 than I have at 50 plus. Young people, give it to God. Man, when I was a young kid, you know what I was doing? I went out and taught backyard Bible clubs. I was 14 years old. They said, here, you can teach a backyard Bible club. My friends were going to the swimming pool. I couldn't swim, so I taught Bible clubs. I still can't swim. And I'm not a good Bible teacher yet, all right? But I'll get it by the time I die. I went out and I gave God the gold. And I'll tell you what, I can't give my 14 years old again to God. But I can give what I got today. And I'll tell you what, give the best that you have. 
So young people, I see Cal, Cal Beckinger over here. Man, Cal, what are you, 19? 19, all right? He started playing the last year here. I can call Cal up. I know Cal will be there, man. He's, he's playing. He's giving God the gold. He's 19. Give him a hand, man. Thank God for these guys, man. I love it. And, you know, he's playing, and there's a 53-year-old guy on the front row making a touchdown while they're playing. But I want you to do this. Give God the gold of your life, folks. Man, you will not be. I hear about middle school kids downstairs serving, high school kids serving. Listen, you have no greater place that you can give something. Because the world wants you to give it to them too. And if you go give your life to the world, they'll take it. And you'll get a very little return. But you give it to God, and he's going to give you the greatest return. I wish I could be 15 again. But I'm not frankincense they gave him frankincense why did they give him frankincense it was incense that was used in the temple oh this is so cool the incense that was used it tells us that jesus was the priest the high priest in, in hebrews he was the high priest what did the high priest do he bridged from people to god that's what jesus did he is the bridge so what does that mean for us frankincense how do i give god frankincense i give him my best and i give him my worst You see, because that's why Jesus died, to bridge the gap. So I give him all my sin, and he gives me joy. Amen? Ooh, hang on. I'm getting too fired up here. I need about six more days of this, all right? They gave him myrrh. You know why they gave him myrrh? It was a spice used in embalming. So at Jesus' birth, his death was predicted. These guys had no clue why they were giving. They just were prompted by God to give. They gave the best that they had, and this is what they ended up bringing. And lastly, they ended with response. When you obey the Lord, when you worship the Lord, it's not just for you. He's going to do something through you. Look at the verse here. This is so powerful. It says that they, um, having, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, some of us have been trying so hard to change our direction. That's not how you change your direction. You worship the Lord. He changes your direction. These guys had a dream. Go back a different way. Josh Watts was here a few weeks ago, told us about people in the Middle East that he actually met that had a dream. They worshiped the Lord. They found Jesus. And Jesus changed their direction. What about us? Maybe we've missed it. Maybe we've made Jesus something in our head. And we forgot that he's real. And he's waiting for you to humble yourself and to follow him. I want to encourage you to take these six six aspects of worship that we see from this very familiar passage you've heard all your life. And go home. And worship him every day of your life. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, I'd like to invite you to trust Jesus. I want to invite you to worship him. He, he came to this earth. He's the perfect son of God. The only begotten. The perfect son of God. He died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He came back to life again for you. And he says, If you, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
today the answer to your hunger, the answer to your problems, the answer to everything is worshiping Jesus for who he is. And I want to invite you right now, as we close this service, would you respond to him? Maybe God's talking to you. Maybe the first thing he's going to change in your course of action is that you begin to worship him on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Let's start there. What is the action step that God is talking to you about? Father God, be with each person today, Lord. We thank you for those joining us online. We thank you for those joining us here in person, God. And I ask that you will do what only you can do. Father, move mightily in our lives. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Please stand with us, please, as we close with this song. Just praising and rejoicing the Lord.